0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Shadowscape Podcast. My name is Corey. My name
1: is
2: Sean. She was born and raised in the USA, so she doesn't get my humor. And if I'd have charmed her with a simple joke, I could have won her over sooner. Figured I'd show a side or two, let us see the places I love. I said, hold on. I will take your breath away. She just said she wants to go.
0: Today, we are in a different country, it seems like. Yep. We're not with boring, just regular Missourians. No,
1: we're with French-speaking Canadians, and they're so much more cultured than us.
0: These are our French-speaking Canadians? No. Well, you said, you said <laughs> we're in a different country.
1: <laughs> Who do we have we, here? We are actually in a different country. I thought we you were talking are. about the fact that yes, we're in a different I country. Should, I should mention that when if you, you do not know country. and you
0: cannot see us, which you can't, we yeah. are in fact still in Canada. Yes, we are. This is true. It's cold. But today... We have three of the finest, beautiful, most beautiful looking men yeah. I've ever had the privilege of sitting next like, to. Like, sincerely,
1: you guys are all really good looking dudes, and we're not just trying to blow smoke up your rear behind we quarters. We just really,
0: this is, this is not about the podcast, this is just about absorbing just beauty. The fact that these guys, and, and
1: the British, I think the British accents help. So, okay,
3: we're so like let's, five out of ten, you, more, ten yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, no,
1: yeah. all three of you guys are from the UK. Yeah um, On the left We have Luke Jackson Say hi Luke Hello uh, In the middle We have Jake Morley Hello And on the right We have Blair Dunlop Hello And we have Now done Video sessions With each of you uh, Jake we it was two years ago with you, right? Actually, yeah. it was two years ago with yeah. Luke we were and all Jake. Here two
3: years ago, uh, not here. We, we, were in we just got City. Blair we're for the first Kansas. time. Yeah, I didn't do a session two years ago, but we met, didn't we? Yes, was, we like, did. You guys were doing sound in the room, and you're sorely missed this year. Oh. they get the Pretenders doing it this year. Honestly, <laughs> that means a lot. They are <laughs> lovely. They are that lovely. means a lot.
1: If you'd continue, like I don't ever want to go back and do that, but I love Crispin. <laughs> so if you just continue talking me up to him, so that someday he'll bring me over to the UK and hang out with you guys. Just keep talking me up. I appreciate it. We'll do that.
0: What's funny though is like you met Blair and Luke. Completely separate from me, yeah. And we we're like, oh my gosh, yeah, really good. I love their music. Yep. You have to check them out. And me and Jake met over Mexican food, <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> well, but see, you did pretty know poor Mexican food, actually. We shared a really substandard burrito, we didn't <laughs> share it, but yeah. <laughs> like Lady in the Shrimp. You Tramp, didn't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just like just met in the middle. <laughs> Lady in the Shrimp,
1: <laughs> Lady in the Shrimp. I'll tram. take the ladies spot. with a burrito, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a so, dream come true.
4: You just never know who you're seeing having a burrito next to, yeah. And, no, and,
0: well, I have to give it up for you because i believe you were the one that was being kind of cordial and was like hey can i sit next to
1: you um well i um, the lonely kid at lunch scenario yeah, exactly <laughs> this guy just sad. the one
2: burrito please
1: <laughs> <laughs> why do you order
2: more than one normally <laughs> it was a good point to be yeah. fair yeah <laughs> no, i just
4: thought i looked at your face i thought now there is the face for man who i want to build a lifelong friendship with
2: and
0: so far, it's, it's, we haven't hated each other yet. So I, I, I would say we are on a journey of, of great friendship. What's funny, though, is every, every year since then, so that was two years ago, right? Er? Yeah. Uh, it's, I feel like as soon as I show up at Folk Alliance, I see you. You are one of the <laughs> before first we see. Yep. Are you just notoriously early to everything? got to get, a get his
4: posters oh in a good spot in the stairwell. That is the most factually incorrect statement <laughs> I've <laughs> ever heard in my whole life. Uh, he, he was the last one for I'm this. the last this one in. This is true. Yeah. This is true. I'm like, yeah, no, I...
0: I'm i just feel like something somehow we meet up first i see no one from folk alliance at all until i see you and then they all come in i think that says a lot about you <laughs> and about I'm just how he lo- feels about you <laughs> yeah. Secret feeling. i'm just I'm like trying to find your scent first like i just close my eyes until i hear your voice and then, it, <laughs> then it's okay to begin folk alliance uh, yeah you please don't not come next year or something because i like,
4: i don't know i don't i don't Think I can? I don't know. I've done this is my third year in a row, and this is a pretty crazy event, and it's a bit of a, an expense and a bit of a, um, a I don't know. It's, it's yeah. So coming th- three years in a row feels like a lot. I mean, four I yeah. think would be st- like categorically insane. Yeah. But I, I, maybe that's maybe <laughs> I'll do it anyway.
0: Well, talk about that a little bit because honestly, we don't have the same perspective as you guys do. We don't show up and approach focal lines as an artist, and we don't really. We only know that from basically filming artists. Um, but it's a total it seems like a totally different experience what you guys are doing, walking in here with your music, with your guitar and saying, okay, like what's this worth to me? How do I how do I make this work? And and so can you talk us through that process and what that's like, what what it's worth, what it's what, what sucks about it, what's great about it. I just love to hear your perspective.
3: Well, I'm getting eyes, so I'm just We are it flipping a coin here. <laughs> you can't <laughs> see it, but um, yeah, no, it's it's it's, um, it's equal parts exciting and stressful. I would say like it is a stress because you, you're not just coming to you know do you know what I mean? You're not just turning up with with cameras and just like filming a few people like you guys do. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm joking. I know you put a lot. You actually probably put a lot more work in. But I think um, there's there's different uh, stresses involved and you have to obviously the, the scenario isn't ideal in terms of optimal performance because you're inside with aircon, drinking till whatever o'clock <laughs> like I'm really hoarse I got my official showcase today so that's like the big one and my voice is absolutely Wrecked, but then it's like you take you take the whole thing as a package. You can't just cherry pick bits and bobs because the anarchy is what makes it so beautiful and r- allows you to meet so many great musicians and people I- in the early hours over a bottle of whiskey. or <laughs> <All> seven? <laughs> Are you hastily transposing
4: all of your songs down like yeah. two tones? Yeah, it's
0: Bon Jovi in his fifties at this point.
3: Just anymore. yeah.
1: <laughs> what i wanted to know was you guys are all from the same island um did you guys know each other before folk alliance did you know each other I other? you, mean of each you other? met
2: at folk alliance didn't we jake i
4: think so yeah actually it's, it is crazy Sometimes you go to the other side of the world to meet people who who are just down the road for, <laughs> yeah. for, mm, and that the british contingent kind of tend we like to stick together and support each other and but no definitely i i'm struggling to think of mem- of of, of any memory of meeting you guys before we got hit uh, yeah. before we went to Kansas a couple of years back certainly that was like where we started properly hanging
3: out and Yeah, stuff, so. I knew Luke fairly well we'd gigged together yeah. before and actually the two guys who were with me in my trio last year Fred and JJ who you would have met um also, in Jake's band, or were for a tour, they were not way. anymore. I mean, yeah, you know, I got... them. yeah.
4: Um, <laughs> you've got standards, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they're in Blair's band, I mean, yeah. it, says, it says a lot to be honest,
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blair said it's there. time to
2: choose, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me or Jake, I mean, they just can't be I'm like the bottom
3: feeder, just picking off all the substandard musicians. Um, it's so cheaper that way, it is definitely cheaper. Um, but I'd met, I'd met, well, no, I'd been to your gig maybe in London at Bush Hall. Um, which was a bloody great gig. Um, but I don't think we'd met until Folk Alliance. Were
4: you the, the kid in the front just kind of screaming and like throwing, you know, oh my underwear. You? at me? Yeah. Yeah, I think
1: I recognise you now. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> so I'm not allowed back to Bush. <laughs> <laughs> so, Blair, where are you from? Uh, I'm from the Midlands, so I'm from a, a town called Chesterfield, which is um, it's near Sheffield, which is Arctic Monkeys land. Okay. In the musical paradigm, um, but uh, my dad's family are from London, and I, uh, I've been living in London for a few years now. So. Okay. Jake. Yeah, I was born
4: in North London. I've lived there more or less my whole life, uh, which would it's you know kind of. I'm glad I get to travel. Uh, Around a bit because otherwise it's it's it's, not, it's a nice place to leave, but it's yeah it's a nice place to come home to as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Luke, I'm from down south, county of Kent, city of Canterbury. We have a lovely cathedral. Oh. If you feel like coming down and visiting sometime, oh, oh. we will.
0: I did last year, did but you? I didn't know what to do. <laughs> It yeah. was my first time in London, and I was like, "I went to
1: Subway." Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah.
0: no. We, we at least had like fish and chips, and you know, did all the things that everyone says to do online. You know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just look up a few bloggers and just do what they do because yeah. maybe they know. But like, it's it's such a, it seems like on a map you're like, oh, it's probably not that big, and then you get there and you're like, dear God, like I, ca- I can't see like two percent of what I want to yeah. see. So yeah, we're I, so
3: densely populated; it's mad. It's mad. What, what's the what's the population of Canada? Do you guys know? I have no idea. Uh, oh. I Outrageous I know lack of research. <laughs> yeah. uh, but let's take let's take Australia. It's definitely talk- less
4: than the, Britain, by the way. I think it's it's the second largest country in the world, Canada. Yeah. I think it's is it thirty million? It's something. I, I could be totally something wrong. Something like that. Australia's Britain's thirty like, as well. Yeah, it's certainly like I think it's half about half or less than half of the UK in the second largest uh,
3: country. In the world. And you second largest country in the world, obviously a lot of it's you can't inhabit because of the mountains and stuff and the bears and stuff Well, <laughs> maybe you can we worst thing we've got is badges <laughs> 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 um, but um, like you can fit the UK in Lake Michigan is it yeah. there's some crazy stuff like that so we are very densely populated yeah. Yeah. I think
4: it shapes who we are as well yeah. like a lot of our uh, the personality or the culture or the I think a lot of things are shaped
3: uh, by by that fact mm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. not least our accents. You can go down the road ten minutes, and you've got a completely different accent. Yeah, yeah. That's, but,
0: that's kind of the same way in our city. Like it's such a kind of a melting pot for people like all over the country. Like Kansas City's become like this, this the central ground for everyone because there's there's a lot of, of money there and there's a lot of corporations there. So people from, like, the coasts and, mm-hmm. and down Both south. Both coasts, Canada, it, Mexico, it's, it's so like, right It's so much in the cheaper to yeah. live in the cent- center of America than it is on the coast. So you can come kind of be a superstar, like, in in, in Missouri and Kansas because it's just... It's just chill and, and it's our tagline. Pri- Come be a superstar yeah. in yeah. Missouri.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you know, we should make t-shirts. Ad council. Yeah. So um, what I'm curious is like, what's music like for you guys? Because like w- from where we're at, and you you look at Europe and you look at specifically England, like it's like all the best music we can think of, like comes out of your country. Um, oh,
1: uh, straight back at yeah. yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I was about, <laughs> about to say, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the grass is greener. Uh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. You,
0: you actually, it's funny because you hear like interviews with the Stones and they're yeah. like, let's go to Alabama. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Go to Muscle Shoals <laughs> and then all of those guys are like, no, 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 no. Let's no, go, we got to go, go to London. Abbey Road.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah, but we think that a lot. We've got to get to Canterbury. Sorry, I'm not mugging you off, Luke. Canterbury is there. easy, but, but checking Chesterfield, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Let's not start a fight here, guys. Yeah. But, yeah, I th- it, or I'm... maybe we should. Okay. <laughs> um, I think you can just flip it around, can't you? It's just that exotic um, picture that you draw of a different place. Like, obviously, yeah. we do. Yeah, there's a lot of great music comes out of Europe, but a lot of bad music comes out of Europe as well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of bad music that comes out of America too. <laughs> like we, we're well practiced on that. Like yeah. we creating know how to garbage do it. music.
4: I um, I, like I'm I'm quite keen to go and tour in Canada. I love touring in Canada. Been, you know, had some great times here, and yeah, really keen. To, and then, but whenever I come to Canada, I, I meet Canadians who are really keen to get out of Canada, yeah. like musicians who are like. Just get me out of here. Like, I want to. How can I tour Europe? How can I tour tour anyone else? It's sort of, I don't know, maybe that's just a a thing that we do.
0: I really feel like somewhere deep down, we are just so certain that, you know, maybe people don't like me that much here, but if I go somewhere else, like, I'll I'll be be appreciated. I've I've got got to sound cooler. You know, it's like,
4: hey guys, I'm playing, you know, the town where I live. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) okay, cool, cool, (laughs) man. But if it's like, hey, I'm playing, you know, this other, it's, it's, and it's nice to get away, right? It's even as a, As a human being, just to see new things, experience new things in a whole different country or a part of the world that you otherwise might never have been before is is kind of exciting. I think it would be
1: interesting to see your songs bounced off of a different culture. Because I know how my songs splash off of people here but I don't know how my songs splash off of people in the UK or in New Zealand or, yeah, you
0: know. Yeah, I think that's super evident, particularly even with these three. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking the other day during your sessions how, like, when you guys come in and, and are singing your songs, like, there's just phrases and words and lines and, and just movements and emotions that are just expressed... So differently mm-hmm. than how how we would say them, yeah. and yeah. and that perspective just breathes such a new life. Where it's exciting age. to hear a yeah. song again, and and I think that sometimes we we it's like oh a guy walks in with an acoustic guitar and like okay well we know yeah. what's gonna happen here, and then suddenly we're unraveling a place I've never been. Somehow, you know, in four minutes, you've taken me to to a place where I'm appreciating a, a completely different part of the English language that I didn't even... Like, we were talking about Jack the other day. And yeah. Jack Harrison.
2: Shout out to Jack Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Harris. We wish you were here. We should pull yeah. one for the
0: homies or yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, just... <laughs> we're not you know if if you were to, to stand us next to each other we're not all that different and yet if we look at our songs next to each other like just the culture I don't know if it's just the upbringing or, or what is in the water but like just a his mind is in your mind, which is in a totally different place when it comes to like word selection and, you know I th- I think that's I you know I wonder why that is because it's or, or if maybe it will change because I feel like for so long like without the internet like we, we were kind of in these holes of these pockets of what book we might have read or like what our parents might have listened to. Um, but now like with, with the internet, with Spotify, with, with, with YouTube and like all the, the different mediums where we can like take in so many outside sources at all times, if we choose to, you know, I wonder if we'll, we'll get more alike as writers and with like, yeah. all that influence. I do
3: well the world is getting smaller, just ease of, ease of access to different cultures and the, the internet. But, um, Maybe yeah, maybe we're we're just in the the, the dying embers of that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, but that's just it. Imagery. Every okay, one I, of you guys. i, I g
4: I'm just gonna jump in because I gotta get out of here, guys. Yeah. It's nothing Why nothing personal. Ever. I just um I frankly just, he's sick yeah that this. was it literally what you just said that, yeah. that intervention that you just made there no. it pissed it tipped me over the edge that, that American
1: rudeness that yeah, was outrageous no, mate, I, just, I couldn't believe the Jake, movie you just tried to Jake, play there please don't go man
4: <laughs> Jake <laughs> no uh, I'm I, I, yeah I got it because this is way more exciting and interesting than I'm the thing I have to go and do but I have to go and do another thing now
1: man we want to thank you for being with us yeah how can we find you tell us about you really quick how can we find you oh god
4: okay well yeah my name's Jake Morley you can uh, maybe you'll like tag me in or something. But yes. yeah, come and check me out. Instagram, like
1: Facebook. Songs. Have you put out anything recently? We should look at.
4: Um, yeah, I've been putting out a series of sort of stripped back singles uh, the uh, back end of last year, and I've been kind of doing a lot more.
1: And what are you doing this year that you're excited about? Tell our listeners.
4: Um, oh God. Um, there, are, there is a thing, but I'm not going to tell you. Okay. It's two, All, so right. All, right. All right, see you watching Jake Morley.
1: He's <laughs> yes. going to exit soon, out bud. of here. See you later, later, man. Thank you so much. Ever since you left, I still
4: feel you Dressed in shadows, hiding Whispering words inside my head Now whispered words I wish I'd said Oh, this place is haunted by the echoes of your eloquence. It's like some dusty old museum with our love behind a velvet rope.
3: And then there were four. So
0: now that Jake's gone, we can now Jake's gone. We can be
1: honest with each other. (laughs) Let's just be real. Let's let's. I'm gonna lose the sweater. Nice T-shirt.
3: Thank you. Nice T-shirt. Thank you. Um, For those of you who can't see him, which is every single person listening, (laughs) uh, it it says Wilco on it and it's got a lovely little logo and it's great.
1: My wife is a huge fan. Really? Uh, I knew that I was going to marry her when we started talking music because she had a more extensive vinyl collection than I and it included things like John Lee Hooker, Muddy Waters, every Wilco album that's ever existed, Led Zeppelin, I mean... And she's a stunner. But anyway, enough about my wife. We'll probably, Corey's going to cut at that. He, anything I ever say about my wife, he cuts <laughs> out of the podcast. <laughs> cut so. it out. Um, I do have a question. That's cute yeah. you though.
3: You're, you're besotted, aren't you? No, man. <laughs> she's great. <laughs> that's, that's ace.
0: He's also been laying, sleeping on the floor alone since uh, Sunday. So. And it's it really my first yeah, time gets, being married. <laughs>
1: really? First time being more than 24 hours apart. And how long, have you, how long have you been married to her? Five months. Oh, man. Yeah. For six months maybe now. Yeah. Five months. Still in the honeymoon phase.
3: Yeah, so just before it gets bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I'm joking. No, it's to
2: well. no, There's some bad. reality to that. If it's the right one, the honeymoon phase is just... Yeah, man. just Never right.
1: ends. Yeah.
3: The eternal
2: honeymoon oh, congratulations, phase.
1: Congratulations, man. Thank yeah, you. man. Appreciate Congrats. that. Thank you.
0: So I'm curious, and this is a very different conversation than your wife. Um, but so you guys, what I was really like caught by uh, is... Right away, I liked your music. I was like, this is this is super great. And then, uh, Chan was like, yeah, and Luke's like 20. Like, this was a couple years ago, or yeah. 22, or whatever. It seems like, and it's always, like, cool when you see, like, younger guys who are already kind of, like, honing their craft and, and are making something of value, but, like, that kind of breathes into another thing that's, like, this came from somewhere. You you started a lot earlier than, than some, and so I just like to know, like... Where'd music start for you? Like what what made you want to do it? You know, I kind of just, how did you get started?
2: I think I've always listened to music in a different, I think music was always played around the house and um, like even over breakfast, before school, stuff like that, my my dad's record collection is what I dove into. Guys like Richard Thompson. I don't know I don't know if you know Richard Thompson, but he's like a uh, We interviewed uh, him
0: last year, actually. Did you yeah, really yeah, he's amazing
2: I, I have like um a huge fan of his stuff and his ability of, of just storytelling. Um and I love that. And then like oh, the obvious one like the Beatles were always played and I think I've got an older sister and she Never, it was, it was, it was. I was always aware that she never really listened to music in the same way that I did. Like she'd, she'd hear a melody and stuff like that, but I'd really hone in on the lyrics. And I always liked story songs. I remember probably my favourite song, bizarrely, as a kid, like you wouldn't think it was, but um, the late Johnny Cash stuff. It was one of the American albums he done, and I can't remember who wrote the song, but a song called "Hung My Head," and it was like just this incredible story song. And I remember just being amazed by it. Just the ability of, of, of writers who can paint such imagery and take the listeners on a journey in like three and a half, four minutes. And, and that always fascinated me. And then my dad's a, a, a closet guitar player. He kind of has them around the house. And he never pushed it on me. As a kid, I played football. He, he was a footballer as well. And I think I was all just being a kid, just getting into football as you do. Um, but it never really connected with me. It was always like, oh, this is a game. And then when it started, like, you move up a league and then everyone's taking it seriously. And you're a bit like, I'm trying to just have a bit of fun with this. And then one day it was like, it had gone from dad stopped playing guitar, Simpsons is on, to them being like, well, actually, I'm quite interested in this and picked it up. He taught me maybe like three, four chords. And it felt natural. Like it. The even like the way it sat on your lap and and it just felt, Oh, okay, this isn't completely foreign. It kind of yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah. So started learning guitar... And then the first thing I wanted to do, I was listening to a lot of, like, rock bands as, as a teenager.
1: What, like, um, like,
2: like, British indie,
1: Yeah, man. Like,
3: like <laughs> a couple of names.
1: Like yeah, drop some names. Yeah. Sure. Well, you're not even British
2: indie, like, Blink 182. I used oh, to yeah. love <laughs> Blink. <laughs> yeah, man, I used to love Blink. Some 41, all of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had the same childhood. <laughs> there you yeah. go.
2: But, I, so I loved all of that. So I was like, well, I just want to, like, get a ridiculous, like, crunchy guitar sound and just power chords and shredding and then I'll be honest like as soon as it came to me getting lessons on the electric realising in order to shred properly you have to learn your scales I was like oh man this is boring I don't want to do this (laughs) and then so I had an electric at home and my dad had an acoustic and I could never really remember when I first started singing but it was just one day I was like well if I play I'll learn to accompany myself and and sing and then my first performance was in my year six leavers assembly which was petrifying sung house of the rising sun did you yeah and then i figured if i can sing someone else's song try write my own songs and i'm still trying to do that today yeah well you do it thank you really well thank you
1: and it's interesting you say the thing about trying to play lead and play electric because i watch your hands and i hear you playing these bluesy scales underneath your folk songs and somehow along the way I guess just the love of music or the passion behind it you absorbed that information because you you do deliver that now yeah I think I think
2: I, I was lucky enough early doors to tour with some amazing UK musicians guys like Martin Joseph Steve Knightley um people that are uh, all year round touring. Well, not Steve because he plays in Show of Hands, but with Martin and that, I toured with him for like two months and was pretty much at side of stage with a notebook, just like how can I get to yeah. a level like this on exactly. on stage and and because he was here last year, was we it? Yeah, we get to yeah. spend a good bit of time interviewing amazing. Him.
0: Yeah, we just sat and cried while pretty <laughs> like, it, he pretty much. It's he just it,
1: hugged it, us with his words. Man, so, it's, it's such he's, a sweet guy. It's
2: it's a it's a real trip going to one of his shows. Like yeah. you come out feeling like exhilarated and drained at the same time, yeah. just because it's such a journey. But the way that he could fill the room with just the guitar and vocals. And I think it was all that right-hand work, at early doors. For me, it was the right-hand rhythmical work, filling that, and then eventually, like, focusing on left-hands. And I play in a lot of open tunings, which immediately kind of make things sound a little more open. Um, and um, hence the open tuning... <laughs>
1: I, I, was only, I was only laughing at him laughing at you. I was laughing at
3: you. It was his reaction it's that like got obviously me. Obviously, you're speaking really well, and I'm all in. I just like it just funny. How me good.
2: and Blair have been sharing a room with each other, so we're you're
3: just, we're just at that point where you're like
2: basically delirium, yeah. brothers yeah.
1: ribbing each other. Yeah, yeah. but no,
2: I think I I should be better on guitar. Like you listen to Blair play, and I'm like, oh my god, man! Like the 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 accuracy and the technique and all of that, and like the hybrid picking that you do is like a signature thing you do. And I, I, I should, I should be better. But um, my theory is dreadful. No, you That's, No, no but my theory, but <laughs> my theory is no, like dreadful. I mean. Like I don't know what I'm playing yeah, a lot of the time. My theory is
3: dreadful. I was literally watching Joey Landreth talking about a theory this morning after seeing him last night. Shout out, Joey Landreth. Oh, my new guy crush. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my theory is terrible as well. It's something I endeavour to like invest a little bit more and i think that's something very specific to folk music in that like there's a there's almost a suspicion of like theory and technical prowess in some circles what i love about american folk is that generally like the technical ability is, is, is a little bit more accepted and welcomed um do you know what i mean like, i think there's a little bit of a stigma that attached to that in, in in uk traditional folk which is one of the parts of the of the scene that I, I don't uh, enjoy as much, um, so it's something that
1: I'm looking to invest in a little bit more. Well, it's it's an interesting journey, and it really changes the your relationship with the songs that you create and how you bring them out. I am dyslexic, and so academically I was a failure, and not maybe not a failure, but I struggled a lot, and. When I picked up a guitar, like you, Luke, was the one thing I felt like like I finally belong. I was terrible at baseball. I was dumb in school. We didn't have money for cool clothes, so the guitar I could own. Yeah, you had
0: money for hair gel. Don't lie, <laughs> hey, a man, lot of hair gel. L A looks, L A from Walmart,
3: man. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, hey, but it works out well for you because a lovely wife. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Dude, no, okay. that's true. But but I remember um, the journey into college, and and I. I especially was drawn to guitar because in America, it was really accepted to be great at guitar. And like you guys are describing, have no idea what you're doing. Um, And that was me. And I remember trying to go into music programs in college and getting rejected because I could teach you how to read music, but I can't read music. I I can't do it. Um, But I was forced as a music major into classes of, of ear training and like higher level music theory and all this other stuff and, and understanding the way these chords locked in and interrelated and, and the relationships between all the intervals and scales changed the way I wrote. Um, but did you find that like constraining,
2: constraining, but as well, I was having a conversation with a woman who was a pianist. She was a classical pianist. And she said, when she plays, like I think for us and, um, it, it it's so much based around the feeling as well and you kind of just like uh, have the emotion in the music and even like jamming. Like if if me and Blair had a jam and that, it would almost be just, oh, this is a vibe and you get locked in that. She said when she plays piano, she can physically see the notation. Yes.
1: And but I didn't like, I don't know if I liked the idea of that. Well, for me, I'm also... I don't like talking about myself too much during the podcast, but I'm something called synesthetic, synesthesia. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've heard of that. So do
3: you like see colors? I see colors. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: all... Numbers, notes, chord functions, scales, letters in the alphabet have colors to me, and I can't help it. I haven't assigned that it. It unreal. just that to...
3: T-shirt's all right, then.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not bad. And Wilco, because of the sound of the... And that's another thing, when I'm in the studio and I'm picking preamps, mics, mic placement, they all have um, colors and textures like velvet or a Cabernet wine to me, depending on the mic preamp. Yeah, and wow. it's the same thing with chords and scales. And so when I finally dove into these different keys and scales and everything else. And they took on these color palettes. It actually just like opened up this whole nother dimension for me. Um, and so, so yeah, where you could feel constrained by the information or the academia of it, once you've fully kind of, uh, ingested it into your being, it, it actually became more freeing. So, so the weird chords, the minor thirds, the augmented sevenths or whatever else, um, it just became a part of the story a little yeah. bit, uh, but but it takes the, the acad- you have to get through like a stage yes. of, of of the academia and then it yes. kind of it flows
3: into your creativity because exactly. it's coming out
1: naturally. The academia sucks once you've ingested it. Yeah, you you've you've switched. To like another when you gear. grow when you, you grow your hair out, <laughs> <with>. and <laughs> yeah. you're
3: growing your hair out, and you get to a point, you're like, this is this, this sucks. doing my tree uh-huh. and then you, and then it gets time to, and you're like, oh, it's just there me now. Go. This is like me. That's yep. where I'm at now.
1: When we met, I think I had Jesus hair. like you I think I did yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, looks good though I'm feeling it appreciate
0: it I feel like there's an opportunity but we don't want to go there with knowledge and with knowing all your scales and knowing I think that the wealth of knowledge to be able to ingest it to the point where you can actually just incarnate it where like when you're jamming it's like well I know I can go anywhere I want to go I feel like that's that's the one thing that we don't push into enough because like The awards ceremony the other day, they were talking about a a Leonard Cohen quote where he they asked him like how much music he knew and he said enough to play and not enough to like affect my songwriting. Yeah. Um, But I, I feel like there's some guys like you. You'll watch. You know, we'll watch videos of like John Mayer jamming with some stranger, and for him to have this wealth of guitar knowledge and know that at any point regardless of where they go, like I got a place to fall into. And I know that like anything that my mind creates up here can immediately be translated it's into my toolbox
1: yeah i mean it's it's tools or it's a roadmap and he's got the edges of his map boundaries are just
0: and i think there's value to that i mean it's it's the same thing if like if i know one word and a thesaurus will give me 19 different versions of that word or addiction it's not bad to know these things yeah. I, I think we sometimes we romanticize our stupidity a little bit because yeah. we're like I just want the muse to tell me it. Right, yeah. But if the muse is not grammatically correct, and the muse, you know, is is a poor, you know, if you don't
1: know the language, yeah. how can how can you say what the muse is saying? That, yeah, that's yeah. more the way I would put it. Yeah, is the muse is saying something to me, but I don't know the language, so I can't translate yeah. it. Yeah,
0: mm. I, th- I think there's there's something like worth us just as like people who really want to push new boundaries is 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 to be able to. To be willing to sponge in a little bit more, and to like push a little bit farther, knowing that like, if if the the art and, and the emotion and that that person inside who wants to keep it real and raw is stronger than the than, than the uh, academic then I think it's going to be totally fine because the academic can it's inform, yeah. but but the, the the true artist in there will just pick and choose as, yeah. as they please.
3: That's a really nice way of putting it, actually. Yeah. Right, we're we going to go and do some theory. Should we just showcase. Yeah. our showcases? <laughs> <best Yeah>. <laughs> just go <going> there. Um,
1: <laughs> go on. No, I, w- I was just going to say, um, we actually, when I first heard you, the text I sent to Corey was, this guy's going to be the British John Mayer. <laughs> well, thank you, and man. it wasn't, It wasn't a scale chord theory thing. It was the faces you made. It was no. You do have some John Mayer faces. You're pretty enough. You can pull it off. Bless you. Um, No, it was it was like this. (laughs) It was like this. It factor passion. It factor thing. Thank Um, you. But
0: uh, yeah. Well, I think too. You just don't. And man, like we're just buttering up to y'all right now. (laughs) I apologize. But you know, there's just you hear like we we spent. Almost a decade on the road, listening to four to five songwriters every single night for 250, 300 days a year. And just, it's like the 10,000th person you hear, you're like, yeah, yeah, there that it guy, is.
1: there it is. Yep, we found Where's it. Where's that
0: been for 400 straight days? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, unfortunately, there's just, there's the more and more we listen to music, it's like, the, I, I can appreciate anything. And, and one thing that I do love is just anybody creating art because they want to, like, I love that. And I, I think there's a, just a purity to that. Um, but you know, like the more you spend time in the music business, and the more time you, you know, work with clients, and everyone's trying to make it, and everyone's trying to figure it out, the less and less you feel like you hear that song that's like, like I like you know some people you just you just forget about life you just you just like the other day when we were filming all sessions like I just gotta be there I just gotta be in that song yeah I got I, lost in yours and I think man I think that like just not everybody has reached that place where they're letting like the art and themselves and their soul just all mingle together and so i think that's something that's uh, super special about you guys and something that we really appreciate Jeez. um that we're just uh i don't know, we like talking about i know man we i mean you're talking about man crush i mean i know that's i know that's probably how this feels exercise <laughs> like a bit of a man crush but just such an appreciation um and just such a i just it's just a such a deep love for other people who who seemingly have that like that kind of synergy where it's just like yeah, yeah like the song's gonna win and and the moment's gonna win and the the greater emotion that seeps out of the song and fills the room all so we can collectively all be caught in the same bubble like people who do that man that that just that just gets us so fired up yeah yeah
1: some. we're gonna come back to the music yeah we knew there was something about you <laughs> we did some googling we knew there was something oh, about you. you. Did some giggling. <laughs> yeah, we knew there was something about you. We were like, he's he's pretty, but there's something else.
0: <laughs> something deeper. Yeah. You yeah. got Oompa. to represent
1: <laughs> one of my greatest man crushes in the world. You okay. got to represent him in his childhood. Yeah. With headgear yeah let's let's talk, let's, talk, about, headgear. Let's so, talk about some topics uh, oh my god right <laughs> so <laughs> not, right. normally i like shy away
3: from this kind of thing we asked
1: you at the beginning
3: you <laughs> did <what? laughs> and <laughs> that specifically <laughs> we had anything? that in the back of Nothing our minds is there anything you don't want us to said, talk about we just said don't talk about the scandal with the super injunction <laughs> um so if but i forgot about this one um
2: my friend charlie met blair a while back we was we was doing a show in london and uh my friend charlie just walked into the pub and i went this is blair and uh of course uh you probably know him he was in charlie in the chocolate factory
3: <laughs> so right you get this right so we'll come back to music because i've got something on that that i want to pick up anyway oh no no no, i cut you off oh you ruined the whole day <laughs> no, um it's all good um so normally i'm like yeah whatever it's trivia like obviously, it's cool, so I, I basically, I was um, in Charlie and Chalk Factory. I played Willy Wonka as a child. Mm-hmm. And I'd ne- I was telling Luke the story about it because people assume that I was like some child actor. But I come from a musical family and that that's always what I wanted to do. But randomly, Roald Dahl went to our school and a load of kids, you know, the author Roald Dahl, the children's author who wrote Charlie and Chalk Factory, a um, load of our like classmates went for the part of Charlie as like an audition but like there just happened to be cameras there that our drama teacher knew the screen test guy it was like a day out and i just kept getting called back for the part of Charlie like five thousand hundred twenty ten 10 kids all like child actors and i'm literally just in here like i i don't know what's going on why am i here <laughs> yeah right and i didn't get the part and then they gave they offered me the i got it as the last two they didn't give me the part they gave me another part and that's that was that um what was i saying what was I, what was i saying before i was going to link it into something i know right so normally i'd shy away from this but the most random thing came in through facebook uh, a few weeks ago um there was this <laughs> there was this uh, there was this thing for um, a swiss chocolate factory a really storied swiss chocolate factory called Kaye, and uh, they're celebrating 200 years um and uh, they were looking for... They did, like, a golden ticket thing for, like, a load of kids. And they were they were looking for cast members of either film, you know, the original and the remake, um, to come and, like, do this media day and all this. And uh, basically they got in touch. And I thought it was a wind-up. Wind and I was like, no it's like it's random it's like it was part of my childhood and I'm, like, I'm not it's not really relevant and they were like we'll pay you quite well and i was like
1: uh, <laughs> let's talk about it <laughs> yeah yeah so i just <laughs> i
3: literally like had like one night in london just before i came here but i was previously in switzerland for like three days eating so much chocolate signing pictures as like of me like as a as an actor like it's yeah. like from like these weird like film completists comic-con style but like in the middle of Switzerland in like you know in the alps and it was so weird and i earned way more money than i have from any gigs recently so i'm like maybe i should just like double back into that on the side hey man, why yeah. not just
0: start showing up the comic-cons with your headshots and yeah get- right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's bringing the braces back yeah, out yeah. <laughs> but to be fair they asked me to bring my guitar so i ended up just playing so yeah milk that nice. out a little
1: bit i mean oh yeah man johnny depp was in hollywood because he was in a rock and roll band he didn't, not he didn't want to be an actor He's if a great guitarist him,
2: but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> huh? He's a great guitarist yeah, Well that's just that. it yeah, he, Is he
1: he was in a rock and roll band He was like crashing on a floor Barely paying rent And somebody was like There's this acting gig It pays And he was like Well I gotta make money somehow But he was in a rock and roll band And then he became Johnny Depp Yeah amazing so, you know. uh,
0: He might have actually Always been Johnny Depp
1: Well you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> The Johnny Depp we know Yeah
0: yeah what a crazy story though and, and i think it's so random the serendipity is so much better than like you really like your whole life is just about being a child actor
3: yeah yeah no you were like, just i just didn't completely random thing. like it was just yeah and then as soon as i progressed i was you know i got, went through school i was like just this ain't for me like i just all i want to do is like play i was never anywhere near good enough at football to do anything <laughs> so sorry sorry soccer. That yeah um
1: <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was just, like, guitar was the one, really. Well, so you mentioned that your parents were musicians. We got to hear a little bit of Luke's genesis in the music. Mm. Um, tell us about your... So,
3: well, Luke mentioned Richard Thompson. My dad was in a band with Richard Thompson back in the day um, called Fairport Convention, who were kind of the first British folk rock band. They were doing what the band was doing with, like, kind of country rock, um, Grand Parsons, that, but, like, with, with our traditional music. And, um great band, and then he did a load of other things and my mum's always sung she's released records, she's kind of always done the folk club, so I've always been around roots music um but growing up, I wasn't that interested in folk music. I was kind of li- listened to a lot of indie and uh and then I got to about like seventeen, got really heavily into like technical guitar tappy stuff, but also like down tuned. Uh, English folk stuff. And I found our traditional music through uh, the guitar work, really, Um, as a student of the instrument. And then I just locked myself away in like three A levels, which is like, you know, when you're like 16 to 18, they're the uh, qualifications that you do at school. And um, yeah, by the time I left school, my first job was actually like, it was kind of half acting, half playing mandolin in this show, traveling all over doing theatres. So I kind of fused my uh my thespian <laughs> side of yeah. like, my music and then by the time that was like on a gap year you know before I went to union but pardon part me by the time I um by the time I finished that year I was like earning enough doing folk clubs and stuff to just go full time and I've been doing that since and uh and here we are in t- in Montreal yeah towards is that zero. about when you
1: started writing your own songs was towards the end of that
3: no I started writing my own songs when I was about 11 I think um but I don't think they were, I, I don't think I wrote anything good until uh a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> um no, nah, I think like obviously you you, you always the new stuff's always the best stuff, isn't it? You, That's it. As an artist, you just get bored of it. And, and, and I did look. get a sneak preview the other day in the hotel room of a new song, and it is stunning. Likewise, and no, 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 likewise, but honestly, Luke's new tune is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> but but, 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 but I, I actually, it is outrageous. But um, I think I said to him, I was like, I think it's my favourite thing that you've written, and I love a lot of things he's written. Was that obviously. the one he did in here? No, 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 oh, no, okay. that was crap. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, obviously, that was great as well. But, um, uh, yeah, no. I started writing songs when I was about eleven. Through all my teens, I wrote a little bit more, and then um, I genuinely think I, I reached a point. I think my writing, honestly, was was probably as as good as has ever been. Uh, like nineteen twenty, uh, um, not the year nineteen twenty, but like nineteen 1920- <laughs> twenty Very old, Benjamin Button. <laughs> um, and uh, but but I think the. W- I'm just gonna tie this back into before we had the um, love thing story, Uh, talking about the synergy and how to tie all of the different aspects of like the theory and the technical prowess on your instrument and the emotion and the lyrics that you've written, the muse and the muse of course, (laughs) all of those things tying together. That has taken time for me. That's not something that just like I just like. That just came out of me at early doors i think it comes different to everyone like i i think luke as a performer live from seeing you from from a from a teenager i think that came to luke fairly quickly and for me i think that came around third and fourth album so in the last three years and i don't know if it's wed to the fact that i i had a tough time in my personal life around that, around that time i had a lot of anxiety and tied in with lots of things i won't go into it but just life shit do you yeah. know what i mean and yeah. i don't know if that's when music became more of an escape as opposed to like part of my life and a means to an end it was like what it was just like this is my sanctuary and uh I don't know if it's if, if it's if it's that if it's a combination of that coinciding with just me reaching a point where I was a bit more comfortable in the songs that I was writing and me as a person and singing, but I think as a performer now and um, and, and that that goes for like me sitting in a room on my own or me in front of a crowd, just all of the elements have come together a lot more. So whereas before I would always come off stage and be like, "No, nah, it just wasn't quite it," and people are like, you know, people bought my records and came to my gigs not in great numbers, but, like, I was sustaining a career and, like, I was, it's all good. But I always felt that there was more to give, more to give. And I still feel that now, but I don't have regrets anywhere near as often when I come off stage, I'm like, do you know what? Like, if people don't like it, then that's cool because this is a fair representation of all of the things that I can do And and what I do as a musician, whereas before, it was always that niggling thing of, like, i'm not quite hitting something here do you know yeah, what i mean yeah um and i we were saying like that we were talking about tyson fury the boxer <laughs> um and that i love he, tyson yeah i love tyson as well i used to hate him but like i've, I've done a bit of he's a one he's changed on a lot him. he <laughs> yeah, has changed a lot yeah, yeah. um but but i'm s- sorry so Jeez, unprofessional okay. sorry warren's eve on break <laughs> <laughs> um so um that's my manager. You,
1: you should, can take it. You should. i take it. Yeah, go ahead okay. and take it. Okay, take it on the podcast. If it's cool, we'll leave it in. <laughs> okay, put him on speakerphone. Okay, phone.
3: hey John. Hey John, you're on loudspeaker uh, on a podcast. Hello mate. You're on. Right? You're on loudspeaker on a podcast. We're po- <laughs> po- recording a podcast. I'm on loudspeaker on what? On a podcast. What's a podcast? You we're recording a podcast. Oh okay. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt your podcast. Come Where on, John. What do you wanna say? Do you wanna get a do you wanna get a smoked meat sandwich or something? Give
1: us your truest opinion of Blair Dunlop's on this. Who's the
3: who's this? So it's it's just the it's the guys at uh, Shadowscape Shadowscape Records. Shadowscape Records. Uh Corey and Sean and me and Luke and Jake left early, so you know Brilliant. we're just doing Brilliant. that. So is it you sorry, have you got uh, anything I want to get mean? A mixed meat? Sandwich, no, I've just finished the breakfast meat too. Oh, okay, it's due about. Sorry, guys, I'll be one second. You're yeah, good, man. Yeah. You can edit no, it's this all right, out. Listen, just jump. Getting
2: Yeah, wait, wait, this is this isn't me, okay, I'll, just
3: I'll,
1: just, I'll a bit of a surprise. Okay, I'll see you in a bit, mate. Bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You, do you have to bug out next and then we just get Luke Jackson to ourselves? No, yeah, I'm sticking
3: around. Uh, can I just say, that is disgusting lack of knowledge. A mixed meat sandwich. <laughs> a mixed meat sandwich. I was about to ask.
1: You guys keep bringing up these words that we don't use, knickers and whatever else. And he <laughs> right. said mixed meat sa- What is, is that, that a cold cut trio in America? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. cold cut trio. That's a well, salami sandwich. I'm sorry about
3: that. But, don't be. Um, that's I've said pretty much what I wanted to say. Um, okay. Yo, Tyson Fury just Tyson Fury, yeah. yeah, just that thing of like he's struggled with depression. We had this
2: conversation over a smoked meat sandwich. We did. We <laughs> literally had this
3: <laughs> over the smoked meat sandwich yeah, yesterday, um, um, and uh, he has that. Th- we, we were saying you know, having goals and and, and 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 having a target and hitting it. And then we, we likened his kind of, um, he, he says he, he struggles a lot with depression after he's, you know, he's won a title. Or, you know, he's had that focus, that singular focus. He's been in camp for three months, then he has the fight, does the post-fight press conference, and then he goes home and he's got belt, but he's like, what's the point in living anymore? And there's an element of like post-tour blues to that. But because it's art and it's, it's, you're always trying to. Be- I think. Well, for for us, like, it's our primary motives is is better yeah, art. Yeah, I it's think there's
2: not- no there's no obvious roof on. Exactly. This, this career or this journey it's like you do one thing and in your head like we was having conversations as well it was like oh in the ideal world where where would you want to be and we was just saying like oh man to be able to go and do like just lovely little like
3: 1,000, 2,000 cat uh, venues but like, like places like, twice, like yeah.
2: Union Chapel uh, is an incredible place there's a great place in Camden, London called Coco it's like man to be playing rooms like that would be a dream no bigger and, than that don't want to be bigger just like just sustainable but like you, but you're but in. the thing is 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 when you're there
1: then you want you will probably
2: like i was saying famously ed sheeran has that where he reaches levels and goes well now i want to do better so it's never that can then be a burden and a thing that can drive you mad and trying to chase that but then tyson fury is almost the complete opposite is when that 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 is his arm is lifted in the ring he's then like well that's it i've done it i've peaked so unless I do something completely different, and we said like, if you lost cut, cut,
3: cut fifty pounds, yeah, cut fifty pounds weight, and like. done like
2: heavy, uh, featherweight or whatever. But I think it's fifty pounds,
3: featherweight, <laughs> fifty. No, <maybe> not that.
2: <laughs> but like, um, I think it's so much more obvious of of when he's uh, peaked, really, isn't it, or when it, the, yeah. d- the journey is done. But it is like that with taught. Like, it's a strange thing. It's such a structured life, and even like this, like me and Blair have known each other for years we always see each other but we've been living in each other's pockets for the last four days and then we fly home tomorrow and we'll talk like we always do but we probably won't see each other for like six, seven months it's the way it is and it's a bizarre thing and the whole thing of touring as well, you'll be on the road for four weeks in and it's, you get up, you find a place to get breakfast, you've got to go to sound check, you set up your gear, you play, you sign CDs, you shake hands, you go find the next hotel. It's like so structured. No, and you get yeah. home and for the first day, like, oh, mate, I don't have to get up. I can lounge around in my boxes. It's amazing, and then like, after uh, half a week
3: you're like honestly, and then you
2: me. just feel like a spare part it's that it's that odd thing of trying to balance that because you come home and everyone else is doing a normal job they're working a normal life so you're like on a on a tuesday day you're like oh man let's go get a beer it's like no i'm working yeah, yeah. you can't yeah. like, oh, forget that the
3: weekend i'm like the weekend so yeah that's so when i, I work. Think i'm not working <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so it's just that yeah. it's just that strange balance but um but the the yeah. main point is that like no matter what we always have that beautiful like focus of like we're going to write the perfect song today yeah i'm going to write the perfect song today do you know what i mean that's a, and that's that's amazing and there's no like obviously we were talking about sports if i shift that to football like, i'm a huge football fan that's like for me when i when i go home well when i'm on tour as well i was literally streaming the game in baggage reclaim like literally every time but it's it's an escape for me but in terms of if, if you do that as, as a physical athlete, you, you do have a peak, um, but, you know, like a, a physical peak. But as a writer, sh- common sense would say that as you get older, um, you're probably going to hone your craft a little bit better and, and you, you, you can be excited about the last stages of your career as opposed to be fearful that you're going to, you know, like drop off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um,
1: well, and that's the beauty, I think, of the divide between art and materialism because we talk about the chase and we talk about, oh, well, if I'm playing a thousand cap or a two thousand cap room, right. well, now I want a ten thousand cap arena or whatever Um, but if you're creating for the song and for the art and you set that materialism aside if you're an athlete someday when your joints are all broken and your brain's kind of scrambled or whatever
0: which can also easily happen on tour which can also easily, (laughs) but
1: but they're left with the memory of a moment. Mm. But you as a writer, you have legacy. You have songs. It's it, And yes, those moments live, those are beautiful moments. And those are memories that we are kind of left treasuring. But you have the albums. You have the people you've affected. You have the songs. And And I think in a way we're so blessed, we're so fortunate that that we as writers, that like that's such a gift compared to an athlete yeah. or compared to a businessman where the chase is what do you own or what equity do you have in the bank? Um, we have the songs and those don't die. Yeah. Mm. Those and outlive
3: us. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. And um, obviously there's lots of things in, in pros and cons to every profession and, and obviously there's no right and wrong. It's just... That is a beautiful thing about what we do. Yeah, and, some, and, it, and it gets you through all. That, the, it the gets art. you through all the, all of the, the crap you know. Getting in at whatever o'clock and right you know, <laughs> and you, this class, Every tired cliche that's true about being a, a, a touring musician or or a writer. Anyone who doesn't have that um, structure in their lives. There the, the, there is also like a flip side to it that's that's kind of great. You know, it's such a curious
0: thing too that like we'll spend our whole lives trying to craft these songs trying to craft a career maybe trying to figure out what it's all for like where we can go as an artist but the the interesting thing like we were talking about athletes and you know Tyson wins a fight, and and everyone watched it happen. But really, it's a singular thing that happened in him and his life and his moment. Yeah. But with these songs, it's not the same because because you your song when you're gone is is my song. Like mm-hmm. the way I hear it and the way I feel and what it, what it does to my life. And you know you know we there's no more Michael Jackson's not with us. Freddie Mercury's not with us. But 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 they're still here and yeah. and that song still comes on and changes me and or yeah. excites me and or like well and we
1: insert ourselves into the meaning of it. Well, it's, it's such a different, crazy <laughs> so I perspective. Tickling, tickling his hand by <laughs> you guys have been in each other's by, pockets. Yeah, <laughs> by accident, yeah. Good one. Um,
3: but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's just
0: kind of like. Well, I'm I'm curious just the way you might feel about that when you're writing songs, and when you're when you're looking at your career, d- is there any part of that that's going like thinking of other people and what this might do for them, or or how you might change the the world or the people around you, or is it is it for you? Is it more of like a this is for me and this is something that I need to to, to purge out just for me and right now? And if you like it, then cool, you know I think it's good either way, but you know what's it for you? I think you? it
2: varies depending on the song, really yeah personally i think sometimes i i write a song that is very much for me because i feel as if i need to express that specific thing um so in a selfish way it's like i th- i think you're always aware because people will always find a way to connect with it um and i have a song that's going to be on the new record uh, just to use as an example called amy and I think to to any listener's ear, it's it's portrayed as a love song, but what it's actually about is exactly what we was just saying. I, I had this incredible opportunity to go out and for five six days uh, out to Canada, and we did a train journey. It was like a train residency with uh, the British Council and the Canadian Council, and we went from Halifax to Montreal, from Montreal to Toronto and there was just this great crew of people that were there and i was paired up with a canadian artist to write songs and there was loads of guys from both councils and there was a a guy who was filming the whole thing and it was it was great and 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 we kind of lived in each other's pockets got to know each other really really well and then it's just in the i haven't seen them since it was like two years ago and afterwards it kind of was just like <clears throat> feeling a bit bummed out about that like you meet these amazing people it's like last time i see you guys was two years ago in kansas like sure we we're aware of what we're doing over instagram and things like that but it's like well i don't actually see you yeah and i felt bummed out about that so that song i wrote specifically to kind of talk about that but the way i portrayed it was in a love song so some people can go oh it's clearly just a love song this is nice and romantic and that but the meta message of that which people have picked up on jack i spoke to jack harris about this song and he was like oh no i i got that straight away (laughs) he would he would he's a genius (laughs) yeah but it's like i think and i i love songs like that where there's like meta messages you kind of read between the lines and then can understand it or i have i had an old song just Uh, a song called These Winter Winds where you didn't know. It was about a father talking about his daughter and like letting her go and all of this and all of that. And it was, and I don't even know the answer to this myself, but people either saw it as a wedding, as in he was letting his daughter go in a wedding sense or she had died in a funeral sense. It was very vague, but it's kind of, it it can start a topic of conversation and an opinion. But then recently with my songwriting, I've got this new song called Baby Boomers, which is for me- thank you it, man it's a banger yeah is it, that the
0: song that you put the video out recently like yeah, that lo-
2: yeah yeah i love that thank you man yeah. but it's like it's for true. me that's fairly political but my bassist andy's just had a little girl and we was just talking about what the world's gonna be like when she's our age and when our pet pa- when she's our parents age and that got me thinking about just how much recently things have changed so for me that was quite a political thing and was quite a statement so i clearly knew that i was right in that for other people, the song I played you in our hotel room yesterday is a song called "Heavy," which is being able to kind of talk about male depression and everything going on at the moment. Where I think that's a big movement at the moment, where it's being concentrated on a lot more. But of course, we're saying like it's the biggest killer of males, okay, uh, and, and, it, yeah. and and it's just like so. I wrote that because that runs in my family, so it's got personal connections to me. But of course, it's going to talk to everyone in the audience. Yeah. Um, but then i uh, but then we have songs that only we really get what they're
3: about truly yeah i think for me um I'd, i i yeah i can definitely see a lot of paral- i think that we think about things in a in a similar way um uh, but for me i think there's a distinction in that earlier in my career i, I wrote more for uh, an audience um because I wanted to be accepted or fit into the scene the UK folk scene traditional folk scene and uh, I needed to write certain things that would uh, I think would get approval from you uh, know people who you know people you, know, people people you, you admire yeah, yeah people like yeah that kind of thing and even even my folks you know um, but then as I've got older I've just like written more for myself uh in the last up al- like i said br- briefly i alluded to it around the release of my third album i had um i was going through like some stuff and and so the last album my fourth album is like for me is easily my best album i don't necessarily think it's got, i think it's got a couple of my best songs but i don't think I, on the whole it's necessarily the best writing it's definitely the most real to me it's definitely for me and It was like, I just got to a point where I was like, what am I I in this for? Like, what's, why am I, am I in this for writing for you? Like, obviously there's songs within it. There's a couple of songs that marry my personal uh, torment with the nation's torment. With, with Brexit, well, you know, you got Trump, yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got Brexit, uh-huh. and we're
0: all doing great. Yeah, yeah, right.
3: <laughs> so uh, the the my record's called Notes from an Island, and it's like me as the metaphysical island, but also our island. You know what oh, I mean? So there's cool. like links between what I was going through and what the country was going through. It just happened at the same time, 2016. But there's a couple of political songs in there, but they have still got a very personal slant as opposed to things that were, you know, I'd I maybe written a few years ago, which would have been more. Um, uh, just uh, less per less personal generally generally less personal uh but the next i'm kind of sick of talking about like moping around talking about myself so i think the next album is going to going to have a slightly different slant <laughs> i think we're always evolving aren't we so yeah. i don't yeah. know yeah.
0: yeah sometimes i think we get to a point where you're like i just don't want to look in anymore mm. like i know what's in there and yeah. it's it's fine and let's just let's just go let's just let's move on yeah right at some point i think it, like the the heaviness of that like i think that causes its own like that, that, that place of songwriting causes its own depression. Yeah. Like, cause you're just perpetuating something that you're not trying to fix. You know, like some, some of my friends, songwriters, they're like destroying their life on purpose to find yeah. that muse because that's what sells for them, and that's what they've been successful being sad or. It's
3: like su- method acting. Yeah, yeah it yeah. actually is. Do you know? It. I never ever look for it, but I can't lie. In terms of inward-looking songs, they do come out of. Like good one good ones come out of being tormented. Damn. Like it's just f- like for me, that's a fact. It's not in any way like the rule. It's not, you know, the way that it should be done. But it's uh it's a theory for a reason. Do you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I find. Yeah, way, no, I agree. I th- agree. Oh go ahead.
3: No,
2: that's that that's all. I, I do agree. I think, yeah, it's um I don't know, I always get, like as as a listener myself, like I always connect on songs that are clearly um raw emotion like you can hear that connection and that they've written that from like a a very honest place um so i think i I, I completely agree with what you're saying i think sometimes it's it's good to dive in and even if even if you don't realize you're doing it sometimes it's just you need that as a release more than anything therapy so that that's the that's the thing of It's like finding a balance between tormenting yourself and just kind of like diving deep within yourself to get that song out and that becomes like a thing that's damaging you more or it's almost like, as you just said, like a therapy where it's like a release. It's almost like I'd, I'd had this weight or this cloud over my head, but now I'm able to sing about it and actually dictate it in a way. Like sometimes I feel like I can't talk about something, but then I write a song and it's like, well, I don't feel I need to talk about it now. I can just write this song and you're playing it every night and that's your release and you see people even connecting from that and that becomes their release yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, well, and I was I was going to point to that is sometimes we, we try to categorize songs about like, I was being selfish, I wrote this for me. Or I was being selfless, I wrote it for my audience. But I found, it was about six years ago, I wrote a song called Voices and it was about, I, I, I wrote it actually before I was diagnosed with clinical depression, um, social anxiety, you know, all the things that we all struggle with as writers being beat up on the road by the world. Um, I wrote it before understanding what was going on. And when you listen to the song, you're like, dude, how'd you, come on. How'd you not know? Um, But once I, you know, I saw behavioral, a cognitive behavioral therapist for about two years, helped me really um, sort some of these things out, you know, and it's such a faux pas in our society, mental health is. And we talked about that. There was a, self-care and mental health kind of like summit conference downstairs yesterday. It was oh, great. Really? And they talked about all of this and they talked about songwriters who intentionally destroy their lives or, um, you know, seek out substance abuse so that they have something to write about and how that shouldn't be the norm and it shouldn't be healthy and how uh, the outside world does, um, like to write off our suffering as, Oh, well, you're just a tortured creative you know when it shouldn't be that way and we have a higher suicide rate and a higher depression rate than like er surgeons mm-hmm. you know and like uh, that that kind of probably aside from like aside from like um you know police officers and 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 uh army navy help me out Marines. soldiers yeah, yeah soldiers and that kind of thing <laughs> you know uh, they they would obviously be higher on the list but but anyway um I found that when I took that song and I went in a venue six, seven years ago, and I just said, there was a point in time where I wanted to kill myself. Um, This is a song about sorting out those voices in my head. And I played it on stage and it was incredibly vulnerable and it was incredibly awkward. And then people came and but I wrote that song for me. People came up to me afterward and said, I needed to hear that. I was considering ending it. And now I'm not going to. I don't feel alone. You can be selfish and be selfless yes, by exactly. being vulnerable. We can't, we don't have a, to categorize it. Yeah, we don't have to categorize yeah, it. We can really say, you're not alone. I'm
2: not alone. And it's like, I think as well, like I've I've written a song about my nan and she passed away. And like recently just thinking about that, that was like an incredibly personal song to me. And there's lines in it. There's lines in it like, oh, yeah, I, I write it from my parents dad's perspective and her as a mother and there's lines in it like you go around on Sunday and mow the lawn fix her cups of tea because he literally would every Sunday go and do that and it's very much about that and oh you ask about my sister and me and it says about my sister and it's very personal so I wrote that really probably for my dad and myself and my family but then I have people that come up and say well that I, I went through uh, a loss in the family and that speaks to me uh on an incredibly personal note, so it is that I think regardless of what it is, people will always find their own connections because they weren't in your mind when you wrote it. So some lines to you go, well, this is so personal, it can't possibly connect with anyone else, but they're not hearing it in the same way that you are. They're going to make it what they need it to be. Of course, yeah, yeah. And I think that'll always happen. So it's almost like even if you know that the song is written so much for you, people don't know that and even if you tell them this song is for me it will become for them as well that's that they are songs like they're your little babies and they're kind of like bubbling around and then as soon as they're out there they're out there and people make their own own judgments on the songs and their own connections but I think having something to say is the main thing I think you do need a song to connect in one way or another and I think that's that's the kind of best part of all of it is being able to see that, even being on a stage and looking into someone's eyes in the audience and going, oh, I know that they're getting what I'm saying. Now yeah. that's like a great feeling. Yeah. David Ramirez writes a, man, lot, of I, I <laughs> a lot of songs. Man, I love David. I introduce you to David what Ramirez. That, what was
3: that tune, man? What was that 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 one uh, with the solo at the end? Oh Formula. What's the formula? Man? What's
1: the formula,
3: formula for love? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, that, that tune. Photo, Sorry. Is it photosynthesis? No. It's what's it not, called? It's not, I remember that. It's not. Wait, what's it called? Mate, just give us one second there. They, I only know that one tune, so I'm not quite. I, to I be gave you. I him.
2: remember me and me and Blair were playing a uh, a a Hitchin, great we place, Hitchin. Hitchin Folk Club. I love that place. And and we stayed Shout in. out,
3: Kieran and Maury. Yeah, in legends,
2: legends. And uh, we was we were staying in the hotel afterwards, and we was just. Back and forth about songwriters, and I was obsessed with David Ramirez back then. Like stick
1: around, fire a time I ever heard, (sighs) and I sobbed, and I was like, "That's my song." And here's the thing: in my heart, I wrote that. But you know what? As touring
2: (sighs) musicians, when I'm on the road, and it's always the thing: when you're on your road, when you're on the road, you want to be home. When you're home, you want to be on the road. And you know what? When I was on the road, and I was just like, "God, I want to be back home." David Ramirez, man, he's like singing songs. That, and it, and that, he clearly wrote that for himself. Yes. But I'm there going, God,
1: he's written this for me. Yes, yeah. I felt the, I sobbed. It's, the first time I heard it's it, I sobbed. A bur- wow. Man,
3: what's the name of that song? <laughs> 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 oh, mate, mate. We'll find
1: it and crudely paste it in, in post for <laughs> right. you. Yeah, we will. I'd I'll have go. to I'm say. Gonna fi- I'm going to find it.
3: Do you know what? I shed a little tear uh, watching Jake last night. Jake Morley, who pissed off because he's... Doesn't he's like, like us <laughs> um, He come in He smashed the bottle of water And left <laughs> um, Yeah And I don't, I don't It doesn't really happen that often I mean it happens eh But yeah, I heard that song a few times I just didn't have space for it And I just Got it I had a little tear last night it was lovely mm. Sorry what I was know it? the
2: title mate And you don't Oh, oh yeah He's gonna play this
3: game <laughs> Mate I'll give you a clue Wait Yeah yeah, just begins with an A. Uh, 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 arithmetic. Oh. Yeah, it's arithmetic. A, there's something Master
2: academic. Yeah, yeah. Arithmetic. It's a great. He should have got that. He's he's an incredible songwriter. Right. He is.
1: Have you seen him live?
2: No, he came over and did a show in London, but oh. I was I was gigging, which bummed me out because um, I would have loved to have seen Man. him live yeah. three
1: times, and and every time he will first of all before the show he's just hanging out having whiskey with people. Oh, He's just walking around, hugging people, talking to people. You really
0: can't tell him apart from the bar You crowd. can't. Yeah. He's
1: not hiding, which which is tough because with my social anxiety, man, I got to hide. I got to hide before a show. I'll pour myself out afterward. It's also the voice. I can't just talk to people for an hour, but somehow he does it. Like we're doing um, to you right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed out about like, having my facial
3: today and not having a voice, but I'm enjoying the chat so much yeah. that I'm just going to carry on. There'll well, be more folk alliances, but there won't be another <laughs> moment like this.
1: So. That's right. Amen, brother. But he, he'll hang around for three, four, five hours after a show, shake every hand, look everyone wow. in the eye, ask them what their name is. What a good guy. Really so a good cool. guy.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, too, I don't know where he's pulling from, but but I've noticed there's a there's a trend of more and more songwriters who have have lived that life where we're, we're writing songs and we're kind of trashing our lives to write more songs. And, but then we wake up, say, this is not how I should live anymore. This is destroying me. I can't sustain this. And then when you open your eyes and like lift that veil, you realize if you look around, there's more than enough songs around you. Like your, your, your friends are having trouble. Your, your parents are, their marriage is having trouble or like, there's so much pain in the world. And I feel like, most decent songwriters can channel that it's it, it's just it's just getting close enough to it to be able to absorb it and I, I don't think we have to like no like like you were talking about writing from your dad's perspective or you know i i think that we've we can got, put ourselves into we've got to get to a point like yeah. with particularly with our mental health like we're going to sustain some of these these deep songs and these deep emotions over and over and over again at some point man we just got to like clean up our life a little bit yeah. and write about other people's problems
1: because I, I think that you're pers- really good at that well, I'm not as good at that that
0: for me I destroyed my life for so long I worked hard to destroy it it seemed like I was like a practice
1: and yeah. you were good at that too
0: yeah and but man like who wants that like I I didn't want that and I knew there was something like life would be better if the people around me didn't hate
2: me yeah. and you I want you
0: know life would be better if I wasn't destroying relationships with people that i that i love um, but was
2: you did you feel you was actively doing that for the art i think so yeah really? Be- because
0: i i because i was i was such i was so it was such a juvenile thought for me I, like we were talking to uh, Ruben in the dark last night about this, this idea. Like I learned two chords and then I started writing songs and that's, I didn't, I didn't practice. I didn't, I didn't think I, I didn't, I was scared to know too much because mm-hmm. the first time I wrote a song, I was, I felt like, I felt like ethereal. something came from yeah. nowhere and it was here. And, and I, I'm gonna to try to recreate that and once it started happening I was like well maybe maybe it won't happen if if I if, if, if know too I don't much. if I don't yeah and my formula be, it became it became this weird Jake
1: is back, now, back how did, did this? Oh. hey I just you know I was wondering if we could rekindle our friendship yeah. and your mic is Let's still rolling if you want to grab it <laughs> oh, oh he's kicked oh. over he the hit. cookies <laughs> and now right. he's gonna oh, leave God. again God. is that retribution <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: what we do Ross does. Yeah. it's what we do we're English.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah, it was it was a moment where I was like, I had to realistically be told by my friends, like, dude, you can't you can't be this guy anymore. Like, you have to stop because, like, yeah, the song is good and I and I enjoy the song and and you made something special. But it's not worth it. Like, yeah. like even like no amount of su- fame and success with that song would could ever be worth trying to just destroy the closest people around me. And yeah. But the the moment where I said like you know I, I just kind of I own that that mentality of that like there's more than enough people who need a voice who don't have one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna speak for them. Was the it was the moment that all my songs. Meant more to me than I ever could have imagined. Oh, wow. That's great. And and it seemed like it was also like the moment where everyone started to care about my songs yeah. because they found themselves. I wasn't good at talking about myself and allowing you in, uh, but I was much better at speaking for you and 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 helping you through that. And and but I think that that's, there's a lot of healthy, just energy in that because like it's. It's 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 kind of trying to just um, find your place in the world with helping others, and and I think man, I think songwriters like I think music helps the world more than anything we do yeah. almost. Um, it it is this lifeblood that keeps us going, that keeps everything being possible because nothing can be possible, but that song can make it possible. I don't know how that works. I don't know where that comes from, but um, but yeah, it's just it's it's such a weird spot that we find ourselves in. Like you know maybe four or five years into our, our writing career and our music career going like where am I and, and where am I in the middle of all this and, 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 and I think it's that that, that midway that where we hit this like mid songwriter crisis where we're like have I got any songs left have I got anything to say is the best every behind time, me every right. time
3: every say I write an album yeah. and, the and then second you, I come you up all with my genius right. <laughs> yeah. like, do, do
2: you find as well like you'll <laughs> okay. go for a while of of writer's block and just worry like the natural worries like god when will the next song come and will it ever come and then i think like i wonder what the next song will be when it does come but then you go through a, a dry spell but then it's almost like when you get that first song after that that time off of writing, all of a sudden Mate. like it's like there's a that's switch one. of creativeness yeah. in Mate. your mind that's and then all of a sudden you have like you're working on like six, seven songs and yeah. it's like, where yeah. is this come from?
3: Is that for you, James? Mate, totally.
4: It? Yeah. I um, for you guys, I have you a know? little checklist actually sometimes. a literal like actual, a real life checklist of like, have I written a song recently? Have I played a gig recently? Like the little like and if I haven't, I, I sometimes find myself just going, like, Feeling really, I don't know, kind of crappy or just like f- distant from music. Like I'm not, I can't connect with my songs or something. And then it's like, okay, check the checklist. Have I written a song recently? Oh no. Oh well, no, that's it. I just and then it's and you and then you can get you get one or two out. And then it's like, oh, I'm human again. I. It's like this, yeah. like breathing. I, I, I like taking a deep breath or something, and your oxygen, your blood fills with oxygen or something. And a new song is nothing like it when you get that. This, this is what I want to do. Mm. Like that feeling when you just. When you really nail a song, or you like you're really working on it, that it's like 70% done, you know it's gonna be a banger. Yeah. But there's still more to do. Yeah, that that's that's like, is the, the Iceland
3: in Nirvana. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 70% for like a, bit, yeah. a banger. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the one, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Do Do you ever get to a place, or have you ever gotten here? I'm getting there where I I stop putting so much pressure on every song, even being heard. Or being a banger, like mm-hmm. it's yeah, some, totally. But just finish it. I used yeah, to because yeah, yeah. it's there. Yeah. I used to think every song like this has got to be the one, the best thing that I've ever done. And sometimes it's just like, well, that was a good moment. That was ten minutes, you know, an hour of my life for a three minute song, and goodbye. Yeah, yeah. you the, know, what, I, I wonder is that does every song get out? For yeah, you? you
4: know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard was a guy from uh, from a guy called Tom Tom Robinson, who's a great uh, a champion of of, of you know, musicians and artists, especially sort of, you know, emerging artists or people kind of working their way through. He, has, he runs a radio show on BBC Music and, and, um, the, yeah, the, the route to quality is through quantity and I love that. It's, it's really, um, you know, you have to just, you have to, like you say, you have to finish them, you have to get one done and they don't all have to, they're not, they don't all have to be good. They're, no, n- no songwriter, no matter how who they are, no one is, every single song is a great song. It yeah. just, it's just not, it's just a fallacy, like. You know, everyone writes average songs sometimes everyone everyone seems to be write bad songs but you have to write the bad songs to get to the good songs and you, and, and and you don't know
3: which one's which necessarily and they the change and different people have different opinions on which ones are the average ones and the bad ones and it's that's the beauty and the annoyance because it's like you don't have that tangible like oh
1: yeah I scored three goals
3: today yeah <laughs>
1: yeah. it's like
3: I don't know if I scored three goals today I might have scored an own goal but I might have just won the world cup Like, yeah.
1: wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall and hear an average or sub average song from someone great? like Michael Jackson or Johnny Cash that no one ever heard. I think we just one that went in the trash. There's some out there. <laughs> I'd love it. I would find that wildly educating. I just think yeah. some
0: some songs have to steep, though, because there's been songs that I've written and set down for six years, and then you pick yes. it up and you're like, Years. Oh dear God, like mm. what did I why did I
2: set this down? You know, I had that recently with this live album that I released. I, I set myself
4: it's a wonderful up. record, guys. Go and listen to yeah, it, yeah. And we're going to talk
2: about what
1: all of you guys are doing yeah. in a bit. We're going to get there. We but do go have ahead.
0: about six and a half minutes,
1: okay. We've got a huge, I'll be <laughs>
2: basically, yeah, with the, yeah, live yep. album solo, duo, trio, <laughs> trio. Here's what it says on the tin solo set, duo set, trio set, the three formats that I play in. But I set myself a rule that I didn't want to release any new songs. Oh. I'm, do- I'm doing an album this year, we're in the process of recording it, so I wanted to save all of those new songs for the, for the studio album, which meant in order to build up the track listing, I had to dive into older songs, and there were songs that I hadn't played for years, like from my debut album, which was 2011. And you play songs for... I don't know whether you find this for you boys, but you play songs for every night every set and they're like a staple part and then one day you write another song which simply replaces it yeah and they get forgotten about yeah. oh songs can grow stale they stop kind of having a message right. to you and
3: always
2: yeah and i think like you said a second ago the new stuff is always your favorite stuff so as soon as you're able to play those live you're gonna play those live um <laughs> But so, uh, uh, yeah, no, we do. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but uh, initially, the idea of me diving into old songs, I was like, oh, it was like a burden. I was like, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm going to have to bring life into these these old songs and, and try and perform them in a way that seems believable. And I couldn't have been more wrong. And now, like, I figured I'd dig these songs up, play them for the live album, and bury them again. But they've stuck around. There's songs now that almost seem more poignant and personal to me than they even did when I wrote them. Thank oh, goodness.
4: Yeah. That's awesome. And so you got to like, follow good. that. Like, that's you know, weird. your songs. The songs often the music knows more about than you do often about what yeah. what what you should do and what you need. The music is bigger than you. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's a or yeah. But you know that feeling of playing. You know that that's not that can't lie when you're. 100. Yeah. Yeah. I completely like, agree with you. What yeah. do I know compared to that? Well, if that's what if yeah, that's what the song needs, and that's that's, that's yeah. where we should go. Yeah.
1: Well, and when I saw Jack White play Seven Nation Army last year, I believed him. Yeah, mm. like he's still loved it. I know that that's his obvious hit and I know he's an upside down super indie dude but but I believed him and when I saw John Mayer play Gravity two years ago, I believed him you know what I mean? So, so just because it's been around and everybody likes it doesn't make it, it doesn't rob it of the magic and that goes back to us saying what we said earlier about like people are going to find themselves and what they need in your song regardless of what you wrote it about, you know, so
4: Sometimes I also find with older songs I feel guilt. I don't know if you boys get this about, oh I can't. Oh, I, maybe I don't. I shouldn't really play that one because it's a bit older, and probably people will be like, oh not that one again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's uh, the writing a set list before a show is one of the most challenging oh things. Oh
3: my gosh, I obsess. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's just like it's always based around bloody tunings. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's it was so good. Yeah I, mean. yeah. I get a guitar tech? Like, yeah. That will be the main. Yeah um distinction but we're
1: gonna pray for you to get a guitar tech
3: (laughs) mate do you want to come on the road i'll offer you banter yes (laughs) he he can sort you (laughs) out of a lot of swiss chocolate dude
1: i'll you you tell (laughs) me he's got connections i'll be there yeah absolutely yes is the answer so luke you're working on a studio album that's gonna is it gonna come out this year
2: it'll be this year like this year full length full length yeah. awesome
1: where should we be looking to find that uh,
2: the website lukepauljackson.com all my handles for instagram twitter facebook are all okay. on that yeah
1: great we'll be watching for that Jake so yeah
4: I'm this year I think uh, I'll be uh, writing and recording is a, is a big focus for me this year okay what I'll release this. I have a stack of recordings in my, on my hard drive um of this sort of series I, I i started called tell it to me straight which is just a kind of a really really stripped back acoustic guitar and vocal kind of recordings uh some some uh, new songs some new like new versions of old songs and that sort of like was a real chance tra- the idea was to like really get back to like the almost like a live like live but on me on my very best day mm-hmm. and especially after two studio albums that were full of got all kinds of stuff just to really like uh, you know uh Shit, but yeah, kind of release stuff like that for the first time. So I, I think I'm going to share some more of those. Meanwhile, I'll be working on, like, a, a proper kind of, I guess it will be my th- a third album, um, which I don't know, I can't say when that will be out, but, um,
1: but yeah. And where do we watch? We're, we're t- same thing, oh, sorry, Facebook, yeah, so, Instagram, yeah, um, website? Well, yeah,
4: jakemorley.com okay. is a good start. But, okay. yeah, you can just, you know, all over the web. Plug, plug my name into into Google or something or whatever, wherever you, you know, yeah. check stuff out, listen to it.
1: Yeah. Blair Dunlop, what can we be excited about from you this year, man? Pff, what can you be excited about? Yeah. What <laughs> are <I'm> you excited <laughs> about? That's very distinct from let, what I'm me, doing. Me, going on the road face with that. him and eating chocolate. <laughs> um, what are you going to
3: do? Have you seen how much chocolate i brought back from Switzerland? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you just put out a full-length studio out, album. Yeah, my, just came um, out. fourth record, Notes yeah. from an Island. Yeah. Available... In any remaining yeah, <laughs> shots. yeah. And, um, um yeah so that came out uh last year so I'll be touring that again this year but I've already start I'm yeah in the middle of rock I'm in the middle of um writing my fifth album and uh I'm touring solo in April and then like doing festivals and then probably do band, band stuff end of the year maybe mm-hmm. and then um there's chat of me, Luke, and another one of our friends, Sam Kelly, who was there two years ago, maybe doing a tour. But that's like, shouldn't really told you about that because we're just chatting about it. So maybe tour is a, as like doing Nashville songwriters in the round. It's in between like a live set and doing what we're doing, just chatting about songs and but like collaboration that that kind of thing. I think finding ways of keeping touring fresh and um, not doing the same recording album release now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've just started recording a, a an instrumental. Uh, EP that might turn into an album. I so just using traditional songs, um, sorry, traditional songs and, uh, tunes from the England and Scotland, cause I've got Scottish blood and just, it, working that up and I'm just playing everything from guitar to like synth, bass on it and just like, nice man. Working up with the engineer, great engineer, Danny, um, uh, sprague danny bennett sprague who engineered my last album she's amazing she's like 21 and she's like the best engineer ever and um yeah so been been really lucky to be working with her so just
1: cooking a few cooking up a storm mate that's what i'm doing yeah. <laughs> well when you do the nashville thing put us on the calendar and come do the same thing in our place afterward oh mate or we'll
3: just drive
0: to Nashville.
1: so yeah. when i when i said the nashville thing yeah i meant the nashville style thing but
3: in <gasps> Rochdale oh. <laughs> 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 set me up for nah, disappointment we'll geographically. See, we, we need to, we need to, we should all go to Nashville, shouldn't we? Yeah, mate. yeah what's man. that thing that, that
1: we'll talk about right after, <laughs> <laughs> guys? We cannot thank you enough for this. No, Honestly, if we could do this for two more hours, sincerely, blame folk alliance. Oh my gosh, we man. have to go film. I would, I would rather <laughs> just sit around and, and cut up with you guys, mics or no mics. Like, this is just so meaningful. Yeah, it's great seeing it you guys yeah, again. Yeah, yeah well. it really, really is. We'd love to, really, sincerely appreciate it
0: thank you for listening to the shadowscape podcast my name is Corey and my name is Sean and we'll see you later
2: love it that hey. was great thank thank you so much, thanks guys, guys.
0: Uh, awesome. muffets. Muffets. <laughs> you're, you're looking at the most hospitable mom of all time right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, the floorboards ache and the heat pipe shake
1: but only when I'm home alone If you didn't know
3: better than me